This is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe, and notifier button so you can be aware whenever a new episode is available. Also, leave a comment and a review. We would really appreciate that. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Hi, and thanks for tuning in. I wanted to remind you of our Road to a Thousand Subscribers giveaway that we have going on our YouTube channel. If you subscribe and have a public profile, you'll be entered to win a free RX Smart Gear original jump rope. You'll get to pick the pattern of the handles, the color and weight of the cable, and you'll be getting one of the best-selling, best-performing jump ropes out there. Every time we hit a new century mark with the number of subscribers to our channel, we'll randomly select a new winner. And our friend Dave Newman is going to throw in a little something extra for each winner. So a special thanks to our sponsor, RX Smart Gear, to Dave Newman for being such a great partner, and to you for being a loyal listener. Good luck, and I hope you are our next winner. Yeah, so good to meet you, Phil. Yeah, you guys too. Uh, how's everything going? Good. Um, we're just excited to have you on. You really came on the scene there at Wadapalooza. And I'm excited to see what this season's going to be for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm super pumped. And we got our whole crew down here in Naples now, so it's going to be a good time. Yeah. I know you uh, reached out to me uh, right after we had the, the rest of the crew on there in the fall. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm excited to finally get you on here and complete yeah, we got, the whole we got, package. We got some angry messages on Instagram about, where's Phil? Why didn't Phil, why didn't Phil <laughs> part of the interview? It's like, we tried. <laughs> we, yeah. we weren't forgetting about you. Yeah, my, my crew, uh, they got my back always. Yeah. <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am the Clydesdale. We like to do fitness, and these are my friends. My co-host, Kat Shearer, is with me, and our special friend, Phil Toon. What's going on, Phil? How's it going, guys? Great. Uh, not as good as you. Like You have had quite the month of January, <laughs> and now you're rolling into the CrossFit season uh, with some pretty good momentum. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a good one this year, and uh, having everybody here in Naples for the quarterfinals, the Open, and everything—it's uh, it's gonna be awesome. So I want to I want to kind of get your origin story a little bit. I was doing some research, and I came across a recruiting profile uh, from 2017. <laughs> yeah, uh, and your basketball career as a point guard. Yep, point guard. Not so uh, you were you were 15. 15-7 guy, 15 points, 7 assists. Uh, yeah, yep. So how far did you take that uh, basketball career? So after high school, um, I went to prep school. So I did what's called a postgraduate year. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it at all, but pretty much a postgraduate year is you're just repeating your senior year of high school. Um, you can really do it for any uh, age level. So you could do, you know, sophomore, junior, um, anything like that. So pretty much what you're doing is just, you know, uh, maybe academically, but for the most part, athletically, it's very big on the East Coast going, repeating, getting an extra year for mainly just recruitment aspects. Um, so, you know, you, you decide you're, a, for instance, in my case, a postgraduate, right? I didn't get the you know opportunities or looks I wanted to from schools. So I get to get uh, an extra year to play basketball at the high school level and f- showcase um, through a lot more like, you know, college recruiters and stuff like that. So I'm in a league that puts me out there. And how was that year? Did, did it, did it get you to where you wanted to be or did you have to pivot and change focus? So uh, my junior year and senior year of high school basketball got cut super short with injury. 
Um, my junior year, I played two games. My senior year, I played about eight or nine games. I uh, had like a broken ankle and then I broke my foot. And then that year, uh, I was playing a one-on-one game over the summer and I slid and I heard something and I thought it was my Achilles actually. Um, so it was kind of just one of those things where it was just really nagging me for a while. I couldn't quite pinpoint what it was. And then I actually got to, you know, the school and, and practice a little bit. And at this point I had already started doing CrossFit a little bit. And then I, uh, long story short, I found out I had a fractured calcaneus. I had a bone cyst that I needed to get filled in and a bone spur that I needed to get shaved down. So I ended up not even being able to play and had to have surgery at uh, that surgery on my ankle. So you were meant to do CrossFit instead of basketball. <laughs> yeah. It seems like that. Yeah. 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 It's, it's weird. Like when you're growing up and you have this career that, that like, cause it took me to division one college and then I got there and realized this is not what I wanted at all and yep. retired from the sport. And, um, and then you have to pivot and focus in life and move on with different things. So mm-hmm. you were CrossFitting at a pretty young age. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, I had done CrossFit like movements while training for basketball. So I had, you know, I had power cleaned. I had done tons of plyometric stuff, but I actually started doing CrossFit at about 18, 18, 19. And where were you at at that time? I know you've moved around a little bit. New York. New York. Yep. 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 I was born and raised there and I lived uh, in New York until I was about 18 or 19 and then in Arizona for a few years and, and now here. So what took, what took you out to Arizona? So Arizona, I went to ASU and I worked at my brother's CrossFit gym, uh, coached some classes there and just went to school. And, and that's how I got started with CrossFit. Um, and you did CrossFit kids a lot too, right? Yep. I coached a lot of CrossFit kids and I actually coached CrossFit kids up until a few months ago until I pretty much moved here. Is it, was that your passion to, to teaching CrossFit to, to younger athletes? That's kind of how it got started in, in the coaching realm. Um, you know, I, I, I got my kids cert at a pretty young age, about like six months after I got my level one. And I, you know, I, I started with just a few kids at um, the gym I was at, and took it to, you know, grew into a pretty good sized class. And that really, I really found a love for coaching that. And I coached some awesome kids along the way of all levels, you know, some kids who were serious, some kids who were not so serious. And it's, it's cool with them. My favorite part about coaching kids is that they don't have bad habits coming into it because they're kids. They, you know, they haven't learned anything, anything wrong in that sense. So it's the growth you can see with kids is really quick and it's, it's pretty awesome to see, especially if they, you know, enjoy it. Uh, you're on mute cat. Sorry, Phil, you are sort of physically and don't take this the wrong way, like intimidating looking like you're <laughs> all tatted up, like you're super <laughs> strong. Um, you're not, you, you're not like overly bubbly or emotional, like with happiness. So how do those kids yeah. sort of respond to you as their coach? And what kind of things do you need to do to make them comfortable, you know, to, to not be afraid of you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, I never really, even tr- so the tattoos and stuff that's, that's happened over time. When I started kids, I didn't have as many. So that was probably a good introduction. Um, now, if I were to start, it might be, I might have to be put on a little bit different of a face, but um you know, I just, I'm always myself. And I think, you know, like you said, maybe some people, you know, I might, might come off intimidating, but as soon as you talk to me, you know, like, you know, I really wanted what's best for them. And, and I made sure always, always my first thing that I did whenever somebody new would come into class, I would go introduce myself to their parents, 
kind of give them an idea of what the cost is going to entail, what I'm going to do for their kids and just make sure everyone's engaging with one another. Um, I, I learned a lot through making mistakes with kids, like pushing them way too hard or, you know, early on, I learned a lot of things and I think I was able just to take that and, and build upon it as I went. So that just meant uh, as a coach and then also just kind of as like a mentor and creating relationships with them. I found in my experience that kids have the best bullshit meter, right? <laughs> like they, if you're not authentic, they're going to find out real quick. Oh yeah. Yep. I agree with that a hundred percent. And uh, my girlfriend also chipped in on coaching some kids classes and uh, she got to learn the ups and downs of coaching that and what that entailed, but she, she grew to love it too. Yeah. So the tattoos and everything you're, you're being your authentic self, right. And, yep. and kids respect the authenticity Mm-hmm. as much as, as anything else. Oh yeah, absolutely. Kids are, they're, they're smarter than you think. And like you said, the authenticity, it goes a long way. Yeah. So at what point doing CrossFit, did you, did you know that you could be pretty good at this? Um, you know, that's, that's a tough question. So I feel like this, I'll piggyback a little bit to basketball and then I'll come back to it. It was one of those things where I, re- I just love the work. Like, I love the work. Like, I love, like, the process in basketball of, you know, going to the gym, shooting a thousand shots, just being in there, working harder than anybody else. Like, I just, I just truly love it. Uh, and then, you know, I'm very obsessive. So it, it became like the same thing with CrossFit. Like, I, just, I, I love the grind. I love going in, you know, pushing myself. So it was never a question of if I put in the work. It was just always to myself, like, do I believe that I belong? And I think, truthfully, like, I'm still proving that to myself. Um, and I think, you know, going to Wadapalooza and, and doing what I did there was like, all right, like, you know, you can do it. So even though I did what I did last year and got close to the games, it still wasn't like in my head fully that, you know, I'm at that level where I can hang with the elites, um, and not in a cocky way at all. But now it's like, all right, I know I'm there. I just have to, I have to execute and I have to keep doing what I'm doing and I'm trusting my training. So I would say just truthfully, you know, not up until, recently like I always believed that I was capable of doing these things but it's one of those things where you know I always doubted myself that's really interesting because I actually heard you say in a statement in another interview that Wadapalooza was your your test to see if you belonged with the big boys and I think you passed that test yeah I mean uh I appreciate that of course um but I thought I think I passed it in some regards. I still have a long ways to where I want to be and where I think I can be. And Matt does a great job of, I think, you know, he really believes in all of his athletes and, and he, uh, he gives us like the right cues and the right things that we need to hear that are going to help us, you know, keep us on the right track, um, like mentally, but also, you know, not like you're better than everybody. Way he keeps us honest. And I, and I really appreciate his approach to that, but you, it, it was a great test to like, be physically out there with those athletes. That was like the one thing um, that I didn't get last year. So that's why there was still maybe like some doubt floating around where there shouldn't have been. My friends, my family, they all, they all knew I could do it. And I truthfully knew I could do it, but actually going out there and, and, you know, performing and beating some of these guys in certain events was cool to actually, you know, physically see. Yeah. What's, what's amazing to me is I looked at your numbers from last season and you were 26th in the world during the open. You were 33rd in the quarterfinals. You then finished ninth at the Atlas games and sixth in the last chance qualifier. Mm-hmm. 
those are really impressive numbers for someone who's 23 years old and, and really getting into the sport. But the one thing that you didn't have is live competition through any of that. Yeah. Yep. That was, <laughs> so I, I just, I mean, that's what I meant. Just like being in person, the lack of exposure, it's a whole different beast being in person than it is online. And I can't say, you know, I'll definitely say I like being in person better. I love, love the energy, love the environment, the crowd. I just feed off that. I really, really enjoy all that stuff. Um, but you know, it is nice sleeping in your own bed, doing the workouts at your perfect time, your barbell, all that stuff. So I can see why, you know, it hurts some people to be in person versus online. And I think that goes both ways. So did you pick Atlas games or did that get chosen for you? <clears throat> so I don't know if you know the way it went last year is, um, the, the quarterfinals, based on where you finished, uh, they, you know, seated you, I guess, uh, accordingly. But we were given four choices, and we listed our four choices, first to fourth, ranking in the one we wanted the most, the least. And I chose Atlas as my second, simply just because uh, I was in Arizona, and the only one that was nearby was the West Coast. So that's what I chose for the first one. And I wanted, you know, my gym family to come be able to come watch me and i knew that none of them were going to tennessee or, or was the other one, minnesota okay so west coast filled up they put you into atlas and then yep. you got to do it at your gym which mm-hmm. there there is some redeeming quality of that is get to hanging out with your community get to do the yep. workouts with your family mm-hmm. it was uh, special yeah yeah, I, I can't imagine how cool that would be to be surrounded by everybody in, in the process of this. So before the last season, you hooked up with Matt Torres. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just, I think I read just three weeks before the Open. Yeah, it was it was pretty close. I don't know if it was exactly three weeks, but it, it, was, it was definitely close because I remember on our first call, he's like, typically we would go through some testing so I could kind of learn the athlete that you're at, like where you're at as an athlete. And he's like, but we can't do that because the open's starting like tomorrow. So we're just going to start working out. I'm like, all right, whatever, send, send it over. What were you doing prior to hooking up with him? Were you doing your own programming, your gym's programming? Uh, so my brother coached me and uh, pretty much so what it entailed was uh, like leading up to the fittest experience and everything was I pretty much did the, the gym's programming. Uh, he runs a great gym and, and the programming is, is very, very strong. So I would do that just the class workouts for the most part with a little bit of, you know, extra conditioning here and there, depending on, you know, the time of the year. Um, but that's what I did. And, and it got me to a certain point. And, and then when I started with Matt, that's, that's kind of was just taking that next step. Was, uh, did, I was just going to say, was your, you went to the fittest last year, right? Yes. Yep. So did your performance there sort of lead you into thinking you needed something different? Yeah, in a sense, not, not necessarily even something different. Uh, it was just like, so the physics experience was a good competition. Uh, there were, you know, Travis Williams, Isaiah Roy Gamba, uh, a handful of other semifinal athletes. But it was one of those things where it was like, all right, you, you did pretty well doing what you're doing, but this is kind of just like the next step. And then once I started with Matt, I got to see, you know, more, more volume, more like high skill pieces that, that I, I was lacking. I was definitely lacking in training, uh, which, you know, you, you just can't get in your typical class workouts. You need, you need like 
the ring muscle-ups, the rope climbs, handstand walks, heavy barbell mixed with everything else. And, and Matt was able to supply that. So that's what, that's why, you know, I took that next step with him. Got it. And then any hesitation moving to Florida once that all came to be? So he brought it up to me um, originally, I want to say like last, I want to say it was like April. It was like right around quarter after quarterfinals or something when he realized like I had, you know, a shot at being a decent athlete and I was excited about the opportunity, but it was also like, you know, a huge change. I had considered moving to Florida actually a year prior because my parents worked down here uh, in West Palm Beach, which is only like two hours from us, about like seven months out of the year. And I never get to see them. So that was also like a huge bonus hmm. of moving here. Um, but yeah, there was some he hesitation. I wanted to see how the year went first. I wanted to see like if I was really going to put all the cards on the table and kind of transition to a quote unquote full-time athlete. And once I saw how the season reflected and I got a pretty bad taste in my mouth getting so close to making the games and not being able to make it that again, another step towards, you know, what I want and, and what I think I can achieve. So this, this was just the right decision. How did that affect the relationship with your girlfriend? Uh, moving here? Yeah. Oh, she, I mean, she loves it. Uh, we both oh. don't know too many people here. So she came she's with here you. with me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't say that. Yeah. She's here with me. Um, she's actually in the other room. She's probably going to listen to this as soon as it's released, but um, <laughs> it's great. You know, we, we have uh, it's me, her, we got my two dogs. So one of them's a puppy. So he's pretty much just like a little, little toddler. He's a lot to deal with all the time. And uh, she's got some pretty cool opportunities going out here too. So we're, we're really excited. Well, and she's an athlete as well. Yeah. She's a, uh, unbelievably just all around good athlete, but we're ridiculously strong power lifter. She's actually like a pound for pound stronger than me, which is kind of annoying, but. <laughs> <laughs> and her it's name impressive. is Jordan, Jordan. No, Jordan, Jordan. Noe. Yep. Noe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, in my research, I found her Instagram page. Uh, Cause she talks about you a lot more than you talk about yourself. <laughs> and uh um and yeah she's a pretty accomplished power lifter yeah yep she's gonna she's gonna do some pretty great things with that soon here in a few months what what we like to do um phil when we get to know people and interview them and they and they have like an interesting pair like couple mm -hmm. to them we like to bring both of them on so maybe we can have the two of you on again we've done a lot of couples interviews yeah um, with I athletes and she, uh, she would love to come on. She's always like, I want to go on a podcast. I want to go on a podcast. Awesome. <laughs> so just let us know. We'll be there. Awesome. Okay. That'd be great. That'd be great. So what's it like now that you're in Naples and post Wadapalooza, the whole gang is there. I imagine mm -hmm. that's sort of a new phenomenon for you to be around all of these super focused people sort of vying for that same goal. How has that sort of changed your outlook and even just your day-to-day, -day, you know, routine? Um, it hasn't changed the day to day as much. I would say being in the gym, like the first day we just spent way too long in the gym just cause we were all just talking to each other and just didn't get any work done right away. So that was bad, but we still like, you know, got it done over time. But after that, it's been, it's been great. We're all settling in. We're still not in our, uh, actual brute strength headquarters gym that we're building. That's not going to be open for a little bit, but the gym we're at right now it's it's kind of chaotic when we're all in there doing our own thing but it's cool to see how everybody approaches training and 
and like the different, I guess, like personalities that everybody has, you know, James is super happy joking around all the time. Dallin's like a complete opposite. Not that he's like not happy, but you know, he's very focused, quiet. Uh, Emma is just over there doing like a million workouts a day. And it's just cool to see how like, you know, we all piggyback off one another and, and just play and just like learn from each other's weaknesses and strengths. And we've gotten to throw down like an actual like competition style workouts a few times. And those have been a blast. So I know when we talk to like underdogs, they have, they have one workout a day that they do together. And the rest mm -hmm. of the day is pretty much like on your own, working on your weaknesses and your stuff like that. Is that similar at Brute or is, are you working toward that? So right now we have one workout a week that we do together. Uh, but we might have pieces that intertwine like last, maybe Friday, me and James had a muscle up workout. That was the same. So we uh, made sure we linked up and did that together, but we only have actual like one, like I said, competition style workout that we do a week. And that's just, um, the time of the year, you know, we don't, sure. the, how hard we went on that one workout the first week that we did it together. Like it, it absolutely wrecked us. It ruined us for like a day and it was very lightweight, you know, just moving fast, but it, it destroyed us. And that's when we realized like, all right, it's probably good. We're only doing this one time a week. And, but I think as we get closer to competition, so semifinals, hopefully that we all get there, um, we'll probably do a little bit more. Well, I bumped into Matt Torres at Wadapalooza and he said really the plan for all of his athletes are to just train through the open. The, yep. the top 10% is, is not the goal. Like that's just something you can like check a box. So you're just going to train through that until you get to quarters and really want to peak at semis. Um, did you have that plan last year or is, or now that we've been through the season once, do you think it's more refined going into this season? Definitely more refined. Uh, I did. I mean, the open last year, there's just so many people in the open. So it's like, you might do terrible on a workout. You might do really good on the next workout and you're right back, like, you know, in a very good spot. So I think last year though, I wasn't, I just wasn't really sure how the season was going to play out. And it's not like I said, I want to say I peaked at the open or peaked at quarterfinals because I think I continued to get fitter as the season went, but I think I, didn't realize like what my capabilities were and where it could take me. So I put a little bit more stress on the open for some reason, even though the top 10% was obviously, you know, well within reach. Uh, and then the quarterfinals as well. I just wasn't really sure how it was going to play out. And I, I won't say I necessarily finished higher than I thought, but I finished well within the top 120. So now I think I have an idea of what I've done, what I've done and where I'm at. I think, like I said, the, the, like you said, excuse me, the open is just, it's just a training piece. We're going to hit it, hit it hard, hit it once and, and move on. And then the quarterfinals, obviously, you know, we got to work because top 120 always is a challenge, but at the end of the day, I have my set set on semis. So what has been the biggest difference going from your brother as your coach, a sibling, someone you grew up with to Matt and, and, and his personality? Uh, I mean, I'd say the biggest difference, it's just, it's just a different style of coaching, uh, totally different just from the programming to the approach. Um, I, I, both are great. I really like, you know, I've really found, you know, great progresses progress with both uh, my brother and with Matt, with Matt, it's been really awesome. Like his approach is not very like 
intense and it, it is hands-on, but it's like, you know, he gives you the tools and you do, you do what you want with them. And it's not like he doesn't care or anything, but like at the end of the day in CrossFit, if you're not willing to do the work and be honest with yourself, whether that's reps, uh, scores, hitting your paces, you know, whatever it is, you just can't succeed. So he's going to give you really challenging paces or really good interval pieces. And then, you know, you take it as far as you want. And if you do that, I mean, I've seen insane growth in myself in, in all aspects because of that. And I'm not perfect at it, but I try. You also have a very, you're very naturally strong. And I know you did some powerlifting for a little while. Yep. Um, do you think that helped you a lot going into CrossFit? Yeah. Uh, I mean, so it's, it, it helped me a lot with just like the raw, the power, the power aspect of CrossFit, the, the raw strength. Um, so, you know, my like standing up squats is, is always like my favorite. Like it's, it's an, a lot easier for me than, you know, some people on like, you know, a heavy squat clean. It doesn't fatigue me as much, but it definitely, you know, doing the one reps and building my back squat and deadlift so high, something that it really hindered was my running. Uh, and it became so bad. Like I could run. I, I was a very good runner in high school. I ran across country my freshman year. And I could run like a sub 19 5k. And I remember when I finished powerlifting, I tried to run a 5k like a few days after, and I only made it like six minutes and I had to just stop. And I was running like a nine minute mile. Uh, and I just, my back was just so pumped up. And, and that's just because, you know, lifting heavy and, and putting on so much muscles, you know, in, in a relatively short period of time, your body didn't have time to adjust. And, and I created maybe some movement inefficiencies and it transferred over or it didn't transfer over to things like running. The reason I bring that up is one of your highlights at Wadapalooza was the barbell workout. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was sitting in the stands and people all around me before that heat went off, were picking their winners. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm going to bluntly tell you, Phil Toon's name did not come up in the circle <laughs> around me. That's and awesome. nor, nor did Colton Mertens. Those oh, two yeah. names did not come up. And yet the two of you dominated that event. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I knew I was looking forward to that one. Uh, and I, I, I think it's, I love that I'm still, I, I love being under the radar and, and people not, you know, talking about me and stuff. And truthfully, it, it, it excites me so much. I can't even tell you. It's, it's like my favorite thing, but I knew I was going to do well on it. It was just a matter of executing that workout was kind of scary though. Cause one slip up and, you know, a failed jerk, for instance, and you could be way out of it. So I did actually make a mistake. Um, but luckily I gave myself some wiggle room and I was able to still finish out pretty strong, but I was definitely excited going on to that. What, how much energy was pumping through your veins with that crowd and <laughs> finishing that workout that fast? Uh, I mean, a lot, like you guys said, I'm not, you know, too emotional of a person, but I was pretty pumped after that. And and uh, just the competition just brings it out of me. If I have a good finish, you'll see it. If I have a bad finish, you won't hear anything from me. I'll just be pretty quiet and not say anything and leave silently. Yeah. Yeah. You were visibly pumped on that one though. It, yeah, it was, it was yeah. pretty obvious. Yeah. No, I was, I was jacked up and I had a pretty awesome support team there. So I made sure I, I let them know. Was was that the first major win you've had at a competition? Uh, that 
workout or yeah yeah i mean i think that was i got that was, that one was a little bit different just because i wasn't absolutely dead after the workout like the night the night prior the echo on fran I, I got a second place finish also but i wasn't you know i couldn't really function after that one i couldn't <laughs> yell to the crowd i just needed to like find a place where i could lay down and, and suffer for a few minutes so other than the barbell workout what was your favorite one from Wadapalooza? my favorite one the barbell one was not my favorite one because that was one I knew I could, I, I should, I, I did what I knew I could on that. Uh, the one that was my favorite was the celebrate 10. Uh, I made a post about it on Instagram, like a, a week or two ago. That one was my favorite for a few reasons. The first one being um, that the competition had pretty, been, pretty much been flawless up until day three and day three started with the row swim run. And that was, a 33rd place finish, if I'm remembering correctly, which was by far my worst place finish. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to do good in it, but I did not think I was going to do that that poorly in it. So that was that was pretty bad. But as soon as I was done, I knew the next workout was a workout I could attack pretty well. So I just kind of used what I had talked to Matt about, which was pretty much, you know, we're all going to face adversity in a competition weekend. There's just no way for the weekend to go, you know, without any execution errors or whatever judging. So he's like, I, I want to see how you face adversity. So that was my opportunity to face adversity at its finest coming off a 33rd place finish. Will I let it derail me or, or will I build or will I build off of it and, and have a good finish? And I went out and I went back and watched a live feed and the announcers are all, he's coming out way too hot, this and that. And I just kind of just went, I didn't really have much of a strategy. I just, I just did what I knew I could. And, and uh, I ended up failing my last muscle up of the whole workout but I, it was my last, pretty much my last rep of the workout. And I finished third place overall, but coming off what I did in the morning and then, you know, making a statement like that in front of the lights in Miami was pretty awesome. And I was right back in the race after that. So that was my favorite workout. And that was a high skill workout, which isn't necessarily what you would have called your strength coming into CrossFit. No, no, definitely not. And I mean, I have to, you know, I have to credit that to Matt. We do He's, we, we, we do a lot of weakness work. We've done lots of, lots of upper body pressing, pulling, endurance, and, and that's what I need. And I'm so pumped with the progress, but I know like six months down the road, it's going to be way, it's going to be way better too. So you said 33rd place finish in the run swim, row swim run. What leg of that was your, was your weakness? The swimming was definitely the weakness. Um, I had been working on swimming for the past, like the previous, like eight weeks with, uh, coach Nemo, the brute strength swim coach. And the biggest thing I had made strides in swimming by far, like a, not even close to the best, definitely not something I, I consider a strength, but I had definitely made some strides, but swimming in open water with 25, 30 competitors next to you, behind you, pulling at you and stuff is a whole different ball game than swimming in your own lane at LA fitness. And I just couldn't get in my getting like in this good swim stroke. I couldn't, I'd, you know, go to freestyle one arm over, hit somebody. And then I'd look up and be like, Oh, where the hell am I? And then I'd try to keep going and swallow some salt water. And pretty much was just like, all right, dude, you got to just, just get through this. And when I got out of the water, I saw where I was relative to the field. And uh, there was a guy who got on the runner, like maybe a minute before me. So I was like, I just told myself, I was like, just, just hold this position. Just don't let anybody else pass you. And, and that's what I did. So I knew it wasn't going to be great, but I was already kind of just looking towards the next event at that point. Well, being in Naples now, can you get some 
um, open water swimming in? Yeah, we'll definitely do some, especially, uh, hopefully if we make the games, we'll definitely take the team out and do some events and stuff like that, where we mimic past games events or, you know, just row swim run type stuff like that. But we're swimming once a week right now and we will definitely use the open water, especially as it, I mean, it's pretty warm, but as it gets warmer. All right. So you're working with the crew in Naples. Um, do you guys have to muzzle James? <laughs> uh, we haven't had to yet, but I could definitely see why you asked that question. We might have to. Or, or bring in the fashion police, one or the other. Oh man, that, that orange outfit yesterday was, I don't know if you saw that, but yeah, I, I just, sometimes he just leaves me speechless. I don't know. I like to make fun of him a lot, but yeah, I don't know what to say sometimes to him. Well, he was making fun of you about doing some yoga the other day too. While he was <laughs> yeah. Doing something. Apparently yeah, he you makes, need to stretch more. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't lift my arms up as high as he can. My, uh, my, my shoulder mobility is not as good as his, but he's, again, he's not as strong as me. So. Right. Right. Yeah, I got that going. A fun group. Did you guys, did you get to interact with Annika at all when she was, yeah. did she visit you guys? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She came and trained with us Monday through Wednesday. So we get to throw down with her quite a bit. Yeah. We, I think we've interviewed her more than anybody on our show oh, yeah. I think three times now. Yeah. She's, she's a favorite of ours. She's, she's really good and has, you know, a huge upside. She's a lot of potential in the sport, especially being so young. Yeah. So Phil, assuming you make it to the semifinals, um, CrossFit just released the fact that they're going to be programming two of the workouts sort of across the board. What are your initial thoughts on, on hearing that news? Good. I think that's good. I, I thought last year there was, there was just, there was too much of a difference between semifinal and semifinal. Um, like, you know, one semifinal really favored this athlete while another semifinal favored that athlete. So it was always the question like, you know, were they really truly finding the fittest? Uh, and of course, you know, the fittest should come out of it because they should be able to survive every test. But I think having two workouts out of, I'm assuming probably six in the weekend is going to help a lot that, you know, we can see similarities across uh, semifinals in terms of scores. So I'm, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for all the changes. Uh, I, I liked the format of the season last year and uh, I'm interested to see what semifinals come, which uh, are the two remaining North American semifinals and see how that plays out. I guess my guess is you, you definitely want to compete in person this year. Oh yeah. I really, I mean, it is what it is if, if COVID and it just happens to be like that. It is what it is. Like I said, I'd still do it and be happy to do it. But being in person at Wadapalooza and just, just having, you know, that weekend and those feelings and people there, my friends, family, it was pretty awesome. And I'd love to just get that opportunity again. So what assuming first- that, oh, sorry, assuming that, that we're at Knoxville at the Mac, West Coast Classic Vegas and Granite Games, where, how do you rank those in terms of where you'd like to go? Uh, well, I mean, I know it's not going to be the same as last year because of, uh, the programming, but if I had to choose from the programming last year, I think the granite games would have suited me the best, you know, heavier, shorter, and just more of a power athlete kind of semifinal. So that would, that would have definitely been my choice if I had known that going into it. For locate, do you have a preference on location, um, minus the programming? I mean, I'd ideally like it to be not too far from here, just flights, my dogs. It's always a hassle finding people to sit the dogs. 
especially because I don't know that many people here. But if you know, if something like Vegas came up, that, that might be pretty cool just because it's close to Arizona. So I could have a lot of people from Arizona come come watch and that would be pretty awesome. And what kind of dogs do you have since you brought that up? I have an American Bulldog. She's four. She's 92 pounds. She's a big girl. And then I have a French Bulldog who's about 10 months and he's like 25 pounds. He's just a nightmare all the time. But I love him. <laughs> yeah, we love dogs too. So if we have yeah. you and Jordan on again, the dogs will have to make an appearance, please. Mm, gl- gladly. They will gladly. Okay. Yeah, whenever I travel with cat, if there's a place where dogs are allowed, we never get through there in less than like a half an hour because she has <laughs> to pet every single dog. Yes. I mean, you have they to. love me. Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? I, every time I see a dog, I'm like, I want to pet that dog. <laughs> can I pet that dog? <laughs> <laughs> so what, what attracted you to the Brute Force crew and Matt Torres? Why did you want to sign up with them? Um, so I first... Well, I had heard of Matt through like, uh, you know, Dallin. I had heard of Dallin plenty of times. Just, and then I think uh, I saw like the kids, uh, to, well, not kids, Dallin and Tudor, his uh, athlete at the time, snatched 300. And I was like, man, that's crazy. These are 18 year old kids snatching more than I can snatch. So, doing some research, uh, looking at the crew that he had already had and seeing what they were you know, planning to do and how they were progressing. And, and then just got on a call with Matt and uh, talked with some other coaching companies, if you say. And uh, I just really liked what Matt had to say and what he had to offer. So I started with him and and I, I knew it wasn't like a lifetime commitment. So if I didn't like it, I didn't like it, but I, I loved it. And it instantly clicked. What I think is fascinating is, you know, Brood is known as that strength building um, type programming. And so for someone like Emma, like that makes perfect sense for her to go to Brute. But yeah. for people like you and Dallin, like that's your strength. And to mm-hmm. see that they actually are just as good at getting you guys higher skill level stuff um, as much as the strength uh, is really a testament to their overall programming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so one thing that I really like with Matt, which I find is just super cool and uh, I really respect Hold on, Mickey. Um, is the fact that he always like is want he always wants to learn whether it's actually at a competition, seeing how somebody does, how how his athlete does, learning about them. But he's always trying to learn for himself. So whether he like he'll piggyback ideas off of the other group coaches uh, to create you know just the best possible results for us. So we have other coaches that he uses to help us with our Olympic lifting, maybe help us with an engine piece or uh, the dude Nemo who helps us with swimming. He's not my way is the only way I know it all. You can only do my programming. He's like, no, whatever's going to make you the best. So that's why, you know, brute strength being so many different coaches and so many different knowledgeable people that they all use each other. You're going to get so much more than just strength. You're going to get everything. Well, that's awesome. So what are your goals for this year? I mean, the goal is just the games. Uh, And at the end of the day, like just really just enjoy the process of it. It, every competition weekend comes and goes so quick. And I learned that with Wild Blues. I learned that with all the Atlas games last week, last year. It's so stressful, yet it's so fun. It's You never know when it's going to be your last time going out there. And you got to just embrace it all. So I'm really just excited to get the opportunity to do this with the crew here, 
whether it's the open, the quarterfinals, and then, you know, semifinals rolls around. I'm really looking forward to having fun. And, and I, I mean, I, I want, I want that top five spot and, and make it to the games this year. So all the injuries you suffered as a basketball player, did that give mm-hmm. you that appreciation for the competition weekends and to, to live in each moment because you never know when it's going to be your last? Oh yeah. I mean, truthfully, just day to day, I've had plenty of injuries through CrossFit. Uh, you, you can't take any moment for granted, any, just being healthy. It's something you definitely can't take for granted. And sometimes you lose sight of that. We all lose sight of that, just living in the moment as it is, but it takes injuries and little things to, to bring you back to that. So before Wadapalooza, about four weeks before I was doing a lunge and I had like a pop in my like upper hamstring under my glute and I couldn't even bend over the next day. So that took me back to obviously like, damn, I shouldn't have been such a like, you know, an asshole, just, just like appreciate what you got going on, appreciate what you're doing. And, you know, even though you're close to the competition and, and mentally you're exhausted, you got to still appreciate it and appreciate being healthy. So once I was able to heal up from that, I made sure to take every moment for granted and, and just go after everything that was in sight. So I want to finish up with some fun stuff. And as Kat said, we, we are like a couple's podcast. We like to have couples on. So mm-hmm. I want to know how, how did you and Jordan meet? Oh, it's a funny story, actually. Uh, so we met at this competition called Legion of the Beast Games, something like that. Uh, in, I say it was like 2018. I had a different girlfriend at the time. She had a boyfriend at the time. And she was competing, individual, I was competing on a team. And I actually became really good friends with her mom. So me and her mom were just like talking, just like she's shooting the crap all weekend. And we, you know, I, I probably like shook hands with Jordan. I didn't like really like talk to her much, but her mom followed me on Instagram, would always respond to my stuff. And, and uh, Jordan ended up following me on Instagram. And then we just kind of like, you know, I saw that she did powerlifting. So once I got into powerlifting, we started kind of communicating a little bit more. Uh, and that was over a year after the competition. And, you know, not still not, you know, talking about dating or anything like that, but as time went on, we just continued to talk and we formed a relationship and she actually lived in New Mexico at the time. So we did long distance, but she'd come back and forth and then uh, eventually ended up coming to Arizona before we moved here. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, the, you, you kind of connected with her mom first um, yeah. and then, and then it flourished into more. Um, so probably, at least you were on the, on the good her, side. Yeah, it probably made her it easier for her to be able to move cross country with you because I guess mom's yeah. approved, right? <laughs> oh yeah, me and her. I actually coach her mom. Um, oh, she's a she's a good cross. She's so strong too. It's actually crazy. Um, but yeah, me and her mom have a great relationship. I love her. She's awesome. All right, well, Phil, this has been awesome. Uh, we really enjoyed our time with you, um, and we yeah, wish yeah. you all the luck on the upcoming season. Sweet. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, we'll be watching. Awesome. Take care. All right, you too. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.